Hello, Cyclocross friends, and thanks for tuning in to episode 203 of Cyclocross Radio. Second episode of the week. We talked to Adam Meyerson earlier. Definitely go check that one out. This is a straight-up media pit with Michael and Zach. We're talking about Heaton. We're talking about the Mountain Bike World Championships and Primetime doing both. And we're going to get to all of that in just a minute. To start off, I'd love for you to head over to the Wide Angle Podium YouTube channel. You can pause this and do it now or you know, do it after this is done. But uh, I just put up a heat check video. I'd love for you all to check it out. It's not on the CX Harris channel. Moving over to the Wide Angle Podium channel, we're really trying to grow that out. We want to get to 1,000 subscribers. We're right on the cusp of that. And also, we need about a couple thousand more watch hours and then we can really start building up the monetization of that site which allows us to do more videos also to continue doing the podcast and growing the wide angle podium network speaking of the network go over to wideanglepodium.com listen to a show you've never listened to before that is that is your challenge for this week and then also tell a friend about this show Check out our friends at willaskitchen.com. Go pick up some of their oat milk. It's You've heard me talk about the oat milk. It's the best out there. It's creamy. It's organic, certified. They use the whole oat, which is a unique process, so you know you're getting everything that's good in there, all of the nutrients. And because Willas loves everything that we do here at the Wide Angle Podium, they're giving you a discount just for listening. Put in Crosshairs20 into the code the coupon code on after you check out at willowskitchen.com you get 20% off that purchase also make sure to check out our friends at Grimpure Brothers Coffee go pick up some Hello Cyclocross Friends Espresso Blend make yourself a cup and then uh, settle into this podcast okay it's episode 203 we're in the pit with Michael and Zach and we're doing that right now Michael, how's it going? Well, Bill, you you pulled a wild card on me and told me we were going to start off with a different part of the agenda. But I'll just I'll just go with my plan. No, no, we uh, can we oh. can start. We're, we're, I'm going to start the show again. Not editing any of this out, but I'm going to start the show again and just saying that we're just going to let you pick the first topic, and it'll just play <laughs> off of what we're doing now. So let me reiterate Michael how's it going first Telenet super prestige race was this weekend and I gotta say the Eurocross season is heating up that is great on so many levels that people won't even know (laughs) he's just holding back on us Zach (laughs) I feel like I have a better one oh yeah I just came up with yes Okay. Hey, wait, 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 hold on. Zach, how's it going? You know, Bill, I was just eating a nice side of beef to get ready for tonight's show. Oh, and he brings it all back. You're off the hook, Michael. Wow. Zach, it's good. Be- it's beef season. Oh, it's, you know, Bill, I, 
in the green room, we were trying to come up with, I mean, we, you know, and I, I, I wrote a, I wrote a, co- a blog, I guess it's called a blog about this. And, you know, we, we had the Ezer beef last year, which, you know, it was okay. Like you have Ezer beat, like he's pretty good. Lauren Sweck might or not, might not be elite. You know, we still haven't figured that out. You know, that was a decent beef, you know, it was like your McDonald's hamburger, but I mean, it just seems like there, there's there's a few riders out there, you know, that we could talk about the Sagans and and whatnot, um, you know, that just would take the beef to the next level. I, you know what I mean? And and like, kind of like, and who would that be? Uh, it's the year of Wout, <laughs> and uh, some guy named Matthew Vanderpool. Like, what has he even done for me lately? I don't. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I've heard he's a big deal. You know, not not having the best year, but Wout and Matthew in the break at uh, Hent Wevelgem, and there there was some post race beef. It was it was good beef too. Do you think that they listened to our episode with the super rookie where we were trying to manufacture this beef <laughs> and and we just brought it into existence from there. We manifested yes. it. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that yes, they did listen to the media pit one time. <laughs> <laughs> and not the slow ride. Yeah, I mean let's let's start off with road raising. Uh Gent Wegelman, did you guys watch? Just did you guys did you catch that last 5k of that race? I think that the the world's mountain bike race was coming down to the end right about the same time. I got in there I think probably just about 1k to go. Yeah. So that it was it was over. I but missed, yeah, I, mean, I missed was, the beef. You missed the beef and Zach, you did a really good I, I would call it a web post. And bring that back. Uh, well, and I—I I mean, I owe all credit to you for giving me the download. I could not—I <laughs> mean, I couldn't locate a stream, and I don't have flow. And there was the virtual uh, qualifier for the virtual Zwift World Championships. There was the just the gnarliest downhill World Championship I've ever seen. And then Cyclocross was starting. It was—I was just on overload. And yeah, and we also had the Giro. So I was on three G. <laughs> Um, some of you are all on the 4G, but yeah, the, so g- getting back to Ghent and just to, just to bring it to our two favorite protagonists, it was, you know, Wow felt that Vanderpool was only marking him and, uh, you know, he, he thought that Wow uh, Vanderpool thought that Wow va- sorry, Wow thought that Vanderpool would rather lose than have Wow win. And I mean, I watched that last 5k a couple times and Maybe you can see a little bit of it. Like if I'm going to speculate, I think Vanderpool raced how anybody would race. Wow, it was the strongest guy in the field. He's going to mark him, you know, no matter how he's going to try to mark him. But I do have to think, and I think you touched on this, Zach, and I, and I sort of like at the same time was tweeting about this. Like, I think there's a little bit of jealousy. I think that Vanderpool is seeing what Wout is doing and doesn't like it. And, you know, he tried to be like yeah 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 sure you won some stages in the tour but i'm gonna chase you down and you're not gonna win this race remember how many times i beat you in cross remember my streak the last time you beat me 2018 so i'm still the boss i feel like there's a little bit of that going on that's the subtext that i was picking up so that was you know that was my conspiracy theory didn't want to go there so you're you're supporting that view i like this because that 
that is the groundwork. That is, you know, the good wheat bun for good beef. <laughs> I got to say, and you really, um, I mean, I, I, I use some of these puns, but I'm not going to, you, 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 it was like a Big Mac. It was like a stuffed, it was like a stuffed cheesesteak. It was like a roast beef po' boy with like debris <laughs> on top. The amount of puns, the meat puns you put in there. Well, um, thank you. I was uh, proud of I you. I appreciate it. But no, I, I think you're on to something. And I, I just kind of wonder, you know, I mean, I made the point we've seen where Vanderpool isn't necessarily always the most mature in terms of how he reacts to things. We, we talk about like the Vander quit uh, when he doesn't do good and uh, do well in a cycle cross race. But I mean, this has been the year of WOW and WOW. I think, I mean, we can go back to the, there was episode 197. I mean, I think that because he is beloved in Belgium, like even though Matthew has done all these things, now Wout is getting his time. I bet the accolades and the attention and the fame that Wout is getting is just like mind blowing. Oh yeah. In, in Belgium right now. I think, I think Jose Bean alluded to that on Twitter that, that in Belgium, yeah, like it's big. Like he's his, this, like you said, Zach, this is the year of Wout. So here's my question. Because of this, because of the year of WoW, because of Vanderpool's lackluster road season so far, does this in any way cloud your outlook on how they would perform in cyclocross? Does... Vanderpool is are, are does this does this port over to the grass and mud? Does Tone now beat Vanderpool? Does Wout show up and all of a sudden is back to 2016 Wout and just a world beater? Or is it just back to back to status quo when Vanderpool shows up for cross? I, I think it's I, I thought about this, Bill, and, and I would love to see Wout come back and beat Vanderpool like in a cross race. But I think it's I think as soon as they hit the grass and the mud again, it's gonna be back to Vanderpool's. It's it's a, it's his playground. Like he just he excels at that so well. Um but you know, we will I think we will see Wout obviously a lot stronger than he was last year, you know. His, he's had a whole season. He's had this all this road fitness. Hopefully, he'll he'll transition that right into the cross. So, I, I'm excited for this to happen. Is it December? Maybe the first time we're going to see this. He's got his schedule. He's got his uh, Flanders Classic schedule all 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 mapped out. They got him. They got him dialed in. But Zach, so I guess the question I have for you then is that we talk a lot about cyclocross tactics tactics. Some of us may have even cut their teeth on cyclocross tactics in this in this <laughs> forum. Is Vanderpool Vanderpool because he can get away without having any tactics in cyclocross? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Um, I mean, is it- in terms of like his what he's trying to do on the road? I, mean, I guess so. What he's trying to do on the road, or the fact that he's just that much better at cyclocross than everyone? Is he going to be the uh, the quarterback with great physical gifts? I mean, I I made that point in the, when we were arguing about Matthew or Wow, and even Adri Vanderpool has said it. Like Matthew has just relied on his talent, and it's clear that this year he doesn't have 
the world beating talent. He's a marked person. And I mean, yeah, he's had some good performances like that one race where he did that cobbled attack against, but that was really, what was that? Like the bank bank tour or something. <laughs> he did. Uh, I don't know. I see on that stage. Sure. I, I think he needs to, he needs to watch a ton of game film and I think that he needs to learn how to race. I mean, I, in this year could be an anomaly. He could be head and shoulders above everyone, but like, like we were saying, like, I think he needs to learn how to win bike races. Well, I think that, I guess it depends on what kind of road racing he wants to do. I mean, what what we've learned from his road season, I believe, is that if you put a medium-length, pretty hard cobble climb in the middle of your of your race, bing, bang, Dutch National Championships, he's going to win. So the question then is, does he win this weekend? Isn't this tour? Isn't this Flanders? Aren't they going this head is, to head? Isn't this the showdown? Yeah, this you know, Gant was a little bit of a appetizer, a uh, tri tip uh, kebab um, for the big <laughs> the big Wagyu steak coming up this weekend. If it doesn't get canceled, uh, but yeah, I think that's a critique that Wout has, and I, I'm sorry that Vanderpool has, and I think that you see Adam Myerson talking about that, that Vanderpool has no tactics and, and my friend, uh, Tom Gibbons totally disagrees and thinks that being strong is a tactic. So, um, I think, I think there's a good, that's like a really good conversation to have, but I, yeah, I think that, I think, I think Vanderpool has been racing road like he races cross. And I think his Amstel win was like, proved that like he won Amstel by just sheer force and point everybody back together and, and then, and, and winning. Um, I forgot what I was going with this point, but yeah, Flanders, Flanders has that kind of, that kind of parkour. And I mean, I think this is, a, I think Ghent and a little bit of a talking we had, the little beef and Zach's column. Uh, I think it's going to, I think it's going to add more fuel to that fire. Okay. Uh, yeah. I do hope that they get in a break again together. Oh, I God, mean, I love it. I want him to go man. <laughs> I want him to do two, two oh, of them, man. Uh, but I think this settles the question. You know, I think there were the people that were asking. They're like, well, if Matthew and Wout, they love racing cyclocross together. What if they team up when they're in the break? I think we got our answer that there is no cyclocross solidarity among those two young men. <laughs> and we're all better for it. Can I say this, too? I just, Bill, you'll appreciate this. You're a, you're a sports follower. I, I just love that Vanderpool went back to the bus and clearly checked Twitter and came out of the bus, not to like go talk to wow or whatever but to beef in the media that is just like i mean so that's something good. that i feel like you'd see like Ru- russ westbrook and james harden do like it was oh, just glorious if they didn't have bulletin boards on those buff- buses before they got them now oh man i and what's the last <laughs> time we've had like bulletin board material in cycling i mean <laughs> okay i don't know what bulletin board material means i mean it's it's the it's the pre uh internet way of sharing beef Somebody, somebody calls you out in the paper, you cut out the article, you put it in the locker room for everyone to read before you go out there, you know, and get fired up and, uh, and kick some Got butt. it. Yeah. I mean, no, he's, what, did, what did he say? His quote was like, are you going to go talk to Wow? And he's like, no, he'll read this. <laughs> <laughs> he'll read this quote. Amazing. That was, I think that was my, and uh, you know, I'll credit too. I think we, we give cycling news a hard time, but they really nailed that story and they had some great quotes. And I think really, I mean, I was almost like, I was like writing my story and then I read that. I'm like, Oh, they got like real reporting, but, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I was able to throw the beef angle in exactly. there, but uh, 
kudos to to cycling news and whomever the reporter was who who nailed that story because they did like top-notch work all right we had some mountain bike action going on not not to get too in the weeds or in the mud on that there were great races if you haven't seen them go back and watch but uh pfp she's uh she's super strong so i guess that's the that's sort of the the first aside cyclocross related Hopefully we'll see PFP out there racing cyclocross. I think they got Europeans this weekend for mountain bike, and then it'll be interesting to see what she does as far as road versus cross. But, you know, we're all hoping she gets out there for cross along with Yolanda Neff, Evie Richards, you know, that that whole crew. Bill, a question. I mean, is is she our hope for breaking up the, the, the all-Dutch oh, yeah. wide-angle podium prop bet? Maybe it'll be really interesting to see Fran Provo in there because you, fit, I mean, she's got heck just after this weekend. We know that she can race in the slop and she's got a ton of power and is like her, you know, successful surgery, which is awesome because it's the that's the type of thing that we've seen end cycling careers. And yeah, that I mean, I, hopefully Yolanda Neff also gets back on form, but I, th- I think you're right. I think. I think Ferran Prevo is the is the hope, along with Evie. You know, I mean Evie Evie's yes, right. another powerhouse that I think can can sort of shake things up in that field. So I think she'll be out there racing as well. On the men's side, Tom Pitcock basically just uh, messed around and got a triple double, starting <laughs> with um, sweeping the U twenty threes at at. Uh, um, Nova Mesto comes into Worlds. Specialized is really big on this e-mountain bike thing, so I'm sure that's why, you know, he was doing it and Simon Andreasen was racing, Magali Rochette was racing. They they had a lot of a lot of bikes going in there. Uh I think Pidcock post race was a couple it said he was a couple laps into the e-mountain bike race. Some guy was out there about, you know, 30 40 seconds ahead and he was like looking around, he's like I can win this thing. And then just, you know, took off, caught the guy, passed him, got his first world championship mountain biking and the EMTB came back for the U23 and just crushed that race. I mean, just left everybody in the mud. Second in worlds last year in the elites in cyclocross, throw him into the mix. You know, we're going to talk about, uh, uh, Heaton. Where's, Where's Tom Pidcock when he shows up for cross? Definitely not a sub topper. <laughs> I think, I think, uh, depends if Wout and Vanderpool are there. Um, top five. If, I mean, I put, put Wout, Vanderpool in the race. Pidcock is top five. Uh, maybe second. Um, maybe challenge. I think he challenged Vanderpool for a little bit last year. So let's leave Vanderpool yeah. out of this. Put it. We have, we have uh tone. Where does he fall into the tone? Easer beat swick. What's he doing? Zach? Where's what's, what's, Pit, what's Pitcock's future this season in cyclocross? Well, I have to say first, I mean, we've already made the point that like cyclocross desperately needs wout. <laughs> and I, I'm, I, you know, I, I established last year that I was really impressed by how hard, Pidcock was grinding, you know, to try to get that World Cup podium and he finished second and he seemed he's probably cocky as all get out still, but you know, he seemed like he was committed to just grinding it out and getting those spots. We need Tom Pidcock. Like I, I think that 
we're already seeing that the state of play is pretty predictable at this point. Like it seems like tone is back on form and we can, we can say because, you know, Ezer beats had some crashes and I don't know. Tone arts looks really strong. Lauren Swack is clearly stuck in third. If that's a lead or not, I, we need him to mix the, I think he can, I think he challenges tone arts at least like, I think here's what here's why I think we need him. It, it, you, who is who's the biggest outsider during these races right now? It's it's Vanderpool, right? I mean, Vanderpool's sure. the guy. Yeah. Well, you know, he's Dutch, and this is it's uh, just all Bel- born in Belgium, lives in Belgium, has is Dutch by, by nationality. This, this, this is your outsider. That's, that's why it's Marcel Meissen. <laughs> like your top outsider is like yeah, Marcel Meissen. That's why you need Tom Pidcock in there. We do. Just, and he's, ang- I mean, he's like representing the Anglosphere. Like we, we desperately need him to race cyclocross. And I'm actually afraid of like what Ineos, maybe they'll trade him. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I'm just afraid they're going to take away his cross bike and his mountain bike, and they're going to stick him on a road bike and he's going to be like Steve R or something like, no, sorry. Especially I, mean, oh. I think fear, he'll have a, but he's, but he's, I think he's, he's got a higher ceiling than Steve R. Well, Steve let's, R, let's, let's go here then. What's the latest model Pinarello cyclocross bike. look like? <laughs> he's racing this cross this year for Trinity. So okay, yeah, okay, you're right. We're safe, but, we're safe there. but that's what. But Zach safe. was saying, what will what will they do for right. him in the future? So I mean, after March, then um, does, well, Pinar- gonna, does Pinarello have a gravel bike? They're gonna, oh, they have like six. Okay, they've got like paint the up gravel an Ibis, and right? uh, they're gonna paint a Hakalugi. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was the one that um, who was what was, what was the one that Orts Lorette was riding? His wasn't a Pinarello, was it? Was his, his was a Cervello. Maybe they'll do the Cervello. They'll Cervello a Pinarello. Well, that's also Yoris. 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 Oh, Yoris. It was Yoris. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Is a is on a gravel bike. Yeah. Yoris got third at Perry Tour. Just want to throw that in there. Yeah. Uh, but to, to actually answer your question, Bill, and not not do this like it's a uh, presidential debate and duck the question. Uh, I don't know. I think he's up there. I don't think he's at Vanderpool's level. I don't know if he's at Wout's level. I, I see Wout coming back and firmly establishing his strong second position, but I think Pickcock <laughs> is in the race for best of the rest. Yeah, for sure. I, I think we, we, we do lose sight of where Wout was at this time last year. You know, still in a hospital, out of no. By this time, he was out, but just yeah, no, just was. trying to ride a bike again. Until now, and he still came came back. And what was he fifth, sixth at Worlds? Wow, fourth, fourth at Worlds. So pretty good. And that's that's just coming back from a again a, another devastating injury. Uh, I think that. Not not going away from being Team Vanderpool here, but this this may continue to be. You know, he's running out of time. This may continue to be the year of Wout. I think he's going to give him. This is just wishful thinking on my part, but I think he may he may be be there with the with the top of these races this year, which is going to be pretty pretty fantastic. Well, and I mean, you even say last year and the year before that he had the team issue, and I just I don't think that Wout was the same rider yeah. that we've seen. So I mean, I don't think we've seen Wout on form since fall of twenty seventeen. I mean, if we're being really honest about it, I'd say, 
Um, it's been a I while. That's accurate. I mean, I mean, he did win Namur in seventeen and Belgian national championships yep. in seventeen, yeah. eighteen. So, all right, I got yeah, it's just though. But he just looked. I, I mean, we saw him at Waterloo when all the team stuff was happening, right. and I just don't think we. I, he just looked miserable that entire season. <laughs> You know, when we saw him at like uh, at Boenza and he was like drooling all over himself, desperately trying to hold off Tone Arts. It was just like, although you called it, Bill, after that race. I remember in our little car ride podcast, uh, you called it the just his ability to suffer. Um, And I think we're starting to see that come to fruition with his results on the road. So you I remember that you called it. Yeah, that's the thing on the road. He's able to I mean, just not to dwell on the tour, but just him able to do something that most would assume is out of out of his comfort zone climbing these mountains and he's able just to somehow put that into a little box over here and just keep crushing up the hill but let's uh let's get into heating michael where should we start i mean we got it we got to start with the women uh okay they started first i think it was the better race um let's talk about 10 seconds into the race (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah right i mean I'm, I'm saying that because we in the green room we were we were taking that we pulled out the zap Ruder, uh film reels and we're trying to figure out what happened who caused the crash with kant um before we get there though like i think this was a this is like kind of a i, I made the joke heating up but it was like this was the first race uh where we're gonna see worst alvarado uh arzufi inga vanna hyden so sort of like almost the rest the best of the rest coming back um, I guess Voss is that missing name, uh, you know, but so Bill, you, we have sort of talked about that. We didn't have a good nickname for Alvarado and Bill, you've, you've, you figured out the good one. Well, as, as a sports fan, and this is something that, uh, Zach is familiar with, especially from the ESPN 30 for 30 in 1992, <laughs> Deion Sanders in the span of a day played both in a playoff baseball game. Was he on the Braves? Was Atlanta Braves? Yeah. And played uh, in the secondary for the Falcons in an NFL game later in that day. I think he helicoptered from, from one city to the other. Deion Sanders. So they weren't both home games. No. No. He, he had to travel <laughs> from, from state to state. Deion Sanders, famously named Primetime. He's not using that name anymore. Alvarado, bronze medal, mountain bike world, heads over to Heaton within 24 hours. The next day, spoiler, kills the field, runs away with it, (laughs) picks up where she left off last year. Better results than Deion got in his foray from state to state. Alvarado, the new primetime. All right. I'm down. Now. Perfect. Back into this crash. <laughs> so I I don't know. I, I, I think there's a couple things going on here. Um, I, one, the, I don't know, the, the butt of the crash, the the person who took the brunt of this was was our friend, Sonicant. And so I think that's why we took notice. But, I mean, I will say that we saw last year uh, in some key incident instances, incidents, uh, Yarkast line 
uh, had some trouble crashing people out, and she's resplendent in her Eurochamps white kit, so she's really easy to see at the front of the race. And I don't know, first impression, I think, in the uh, the text message green room was, oh, Yara Karas, this crash, but we just did some qualities of Pruder time, and she didn't. Uh, right? Was that what we agreed on? Yeah, I think that uh, this, was, was, this was Sane really trying to, well... There's a couple things here. I mean, Sane, you know, even though she may not have the results as she did before, she's still the boss of this field, right? I mean, she is. She's. She can sort of exert her will when she wants to, and we've seen many instances, especially in her earlier career, where she was more than willing to do that. She's. She's always going to stick her nose in there and just take her chances. So she starts in the middle of the track. And she's got, she's she's got the 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 kid on her on her wheel, the the Wunderkind, uh, Sharon Van Anroy, who's just sort of coming up to her. Probably is like, oh, Sonic Kant, there's a good wheel, wheel to follow. Let me get right here and sort of sidles up the side of her. And then Sane just wants to, you know, basically go tape to tape, and she's going to cut this corner that's really quick and just sort of like left turns it. Almost. I mean, it's more. It's a little more subtle than that. But she gives Van Anroy nowhere to go. And then who's on the left of Van Anroy? Our right. Van Loy. Was Van Loy. But there's nowhere for any of them to go. And that sort of bounces Kant off of Van Anroy back into Inga Van Heiden, who then gets bumped out. And I think that's when Castelline sort of comes across all of them. Yeah. I think, I think Inga hits Yara and then Yara yard sells. Um. <laughs> nice. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, so she Yara sales and, you know, safe bet, you know, the last thing you want to do is land on your bike when you're going down. So she just jettisons the bike. It's back under Sane's wheels. Yara's a good six feet away from it. And then Sane just supermans over Yara's bike and is, and then turtles on the ground while everybody else gets up, gets by, and the rest of the field just kind of leaves her there to play catch up. Yeah, Yara sort of falls, but like in a very advantageous like position and is up immediately. I mean, she has practice and, and she's gone. You know, she doesn't really miss a step. But Sana's like, yeah, she's on her back. She's facing the wrong way. She's getting run over. And like, you also like, I feel like there's that little bit of body language is like, come on. Like, come on. Like this, really? So yeah. not not a good start for Sana. So I guess you know just to, since since we're on on the topic of Sana, she ends up ninth, I think. I think I think 10? she was in the uh, yeah okay. She, she didn't quite 10. get in the she didn't 10. quite get in the Verdun shot. Zone. Yeah. So I to, to to sort of put a button on this conversation, Michael. It's time for the Sana watch. Uh, maintain. I, I, I say you get crashed out like the beginning of the race and she only got 10th that I can't tell the trajectory. So I, I think we're, we're keeping even keel the six, seven spot. That's where she would have been if she hadn't crashed. All right. We're, we're, we got the, we got the no sale order from Michael on Sane. <laughs> can I, can I offer some, some thoughts? Please. Uh, so I, I mean, you look at just what she did and I mean, you kind of left out the part. She kind of like, 
nudged against uh, Van Amroy, and then she definitely against Vanderheide, and just also like she looks frustrated. Uh, and I know, I guess I speak from experience. I know there's this one race where I was just having the worst race of my season, and some guy kind of like ran into me in the mud and I just leaned into him and he just fell over because I was just so frustrated. I was just like, please get out of my space. And I, I'm, oh, I'm kind of concerned. <laughs> uh, she, you know, she just looked really upset, but you know, looking back, it was a rash move. I don't think it was a smart move, especially with the way that start went. And it just seemed like it was kind of like bad decisions. And, you know, at first it was like, Oh, poor Sana. And I don't, I kind of hold her accountable. And I think she's kind of to blame, and it just seems like there's all this frustration and we're only in the third race of the season. So, And then the amazing part of this is when you look at the results, then all three of the people mainly involved in this, Van Anroy, Kant, and Vander Heiden, all kind of ride together for the rest of the race. So it's not like they can even <laughs> get away from each other and they come in, you know, uh, ninth, 10th, and 11th. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Kant had to catch up to them. Right. <laughs> Maybe she was like, I'm not going to let those them beat her. So I, I do want to say just briefly, Zach, on her. I mean, I, I, Sana posted about the crash. So I feel like that's a good sign. Like, she's like, not, she posted about that, shared a screenshot, but she said it translated to life is not a pony camp. So I don't know what's lost in translation there but nothing 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 life is not a pony camp we're going with it send it to print yep new shirt idea bill bill so i guess you know we we talked about we talked about prime time and um i guess i kind of mentioned this on twitter bill you you framed it as uh the starters are here you know we let let the jv it was the b game let the the players get some some reps. There were some some kind of starters that were getting getting some reps in the the B game, but this was this was it. I'm gonna go statement. Is it, is it too early? Is it too early for a statement game? Because that's kind of what I saw at Alvarado. Yeah, and I, 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 I got a I got a good I got a not a good I have a follow up question for y'all from that. But yeah, she she takes this by almost half a minute over Anne Marie Worst. Lucinda Brand, Yara Kosteling, and Denise Betsema, and Annick Van Alphen. And what our joke was for the first, not even a joke, just reality, was reality last season too. But I was basically saying which five Dutch women are going to be on the top of the board this week with the return of them. It ended up, it was six. You know, it's uh, uh, Verdanschein got in there to be first Belgian in seventh place, and then Manon Backer, uh, who had a great start to the season. And I'm assuming we'll be right back up. There was an eighth, you know, an eight of your first nine finishers are, are Dutch, but Alvarado, the, the class here, but let's even talk about, you know, it wasn't only her first, uh, race back, but it was also Anne-Marie Wurst's first race back, Michael. And I think that the only person that she surprised was, was herself. I, I mean, as you said, it kind of was nice to check into the cross and see things where they are. I think, once again, it just shows how strong those women are at the front right now. That, I mean, like you said, the joke about primetime, but the fact that, you know, Leo Gang was tw- 10 hours away by car, right? I mean, that's that's a lot of travel to do and then get up the next day and, and race cross and just smash the field. And, and so in, a, think, in a race that people were saying was the hardest they've ever 
raced a mountain bike. I mean, it was just a slog. It was just heavy mud that they're right. going through. So, so Leo Gang was really good openers for uh, yeah. That's what Colorado. I was thinking. Yeah, she had to ru- she had um, to run too, which you don't always. You know, she probably she she had the ability to trade in her mountain bike for her cross bike and was like, oh, it's like I'm carrying nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just I was thinking about as you said, like you know, uh, Enik Van Alphen in six, who we saw win one of the first races of the season. So when you kind of throw those regular you know, worst and brand back into the mix. It kind of pushes everybody back a bit. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, uh, if what happens with PFP and Evie Richards, if they get thrown in the mix too, I mean, it's going to be, I mean, right now the women's field is, is, is pretty, pretty damn exciting. I wanted to point out quickly just that Zoe Backstead in 12th, who is racing age 16th and is continually moving up, um, in the standings. So, you know, could be another spoiler there, um, representing you know, representing the Anglosphere, Zach. Yeah, it's it's really interesting too that there were uh, a handful of sixteen-year-olds in this race. This was a race that you know I don't think they're going to have many junior races this year, just because of all the protocols and precautions and trying to keep the numbers down of people. Uh, but it's that's when it gets really fun because then you can see for real where these kids actually are and in uh backstead's um case she's right there so our new word of the week subtopper <laughs> uh michael what's the background on that this is going somewhere but what's the background on you saying like what's the background on why we're well, talking about it or yeah where'd this come from why are we all of a sudden using the word subtopper because this is what the this is what the belgians are talking about and and to whom They're did they talking refer about to? Our man, Lauren Sweek. So I think it's it's either they're listening to Cyclocross Radio and sort of a, sort of realizing that we've come up on a good thing, or we are just you know, or me, or you know, you guys are obviously have skills and talent, but like I'm not just some some you know yokel out in the field that you know I've got some analysts and I can understand sports a bit, sports ball. So so we started with that. But we decided that, like, we can't stop there because that would just be n- not good enough. Um, so what did, what did we come up with? Like, what's the next level down? Yeah, and just to, just to clarify, subtopper would be a guy who is just out of the reach of winning. He is just that little bit off that top step. Like, oh, that guy should be there amongst the cream of the crop, but... Is he perhaps, or isn't Perhaps he? answering the question about eliteness. Exactly. And instead leaving it really vague. Exactly. So, yeah. Okay. Now back to All right. So, so our, what would we come up with for the next level down? Because I was actually confused. I think, Bill, you had it. Was it mid-topper? Sure. <laughs> or mid, middle, sub-middle, submitter, submitter-topper? <laughs> I don't know. Midder-topper? <laughs> Anyway, I think we're on to something. So we're talking about the top Dutch. And in the three races so far this season, Laura Verdonschot has finished 7th, 8th, and 7th. And so I, I really think there's something shaping up here with the Verdonschot zone, which to be honest, I mean, like she's bounced around. I know she kind of got like bounced around by team. She's racing decently well, but like 7th, 8th, or 7th. To me, that's just like supreme mid mid topper, you know? Um, so I don't know. I think we're onto something and I guess we've just, you know, to, to, to finally just like end this, we've been seeing Sonic kind of in the, 
the Verdant shot zone. And I don't, I, I mean, it's clearly not elite um, at this point. Like, I'm concerned. I, I, it's just something I have my eye on. Yeah. I got to say, I think it is good to break it up this way, though, because I watched that uh, Netflix documentary about Formula One. And it's like every series, like, yeah, it's just a given that Lewis Hamilton's going to win. Like, teams are not even trying to win. They're trying to get points. They're trying to get sixth. You know, or they're not, you know, whatever the breakdown in the points, I don't remember. But, like, there's this idea that there is value to a team or to a rider or as a, from a fan racing, like, who's going to be the highest subtopper. Like, I don't know. That kind of that kind of adds something. Absolutely, but it doesn't certainly doesn't define eliteness. No. Uh, and I mean, I think that's really where the Sana Watch, you know, the bar of the Sana Watch is for sure. I mean, Lord, if you can finish seventh or eighth in a race in professional cyclocross, like you can make a career out of that. Like, ask <laughs> Lars Vanderhaar. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you guys oh, went man. there last week. Ouch, that's <laughs> low. So I have another question for you guys. You know, I really like that we're kind of like starting to hone in on having some nicknames for the the women's field. I think like I really like this. But, you know, one that (laughs) that we've been using going back to last year, I would guess, is is Burger Time uh, for Denise Betsema. And I think her story is pretty well told. And I know our friends at the Slow Ride podcast have deemed her a villain. And I'm just kind of wondering, I mean, I think probably in the Anglosphere, uh, there were probably not very many people who were cheering for her. And I'm just kind of wondering, you know, how do you guys feel about that? Because I know a lot of like a reaction from a lot of the Belgians were like, well, she did her time. We don't even know if she was, you know, actually convicted and she has her story. And I'm just kind of wondering, you know, because I think there's kind of a consensus that no one, we're not really rooting for burger time in that group. Yeah. And I think you're right. It really is a, a, a split of an ocean on what you're looking how you're looking at her or well, I, I, I probably UK is the same as, as the US we seem to sort of fall on the same side of these things a lot of times but I think in 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 Belgium probably in the Netherlands too everybody's like yeah, she she did her very short time and it's biz, business as usual and uh, everybody's back to, to cheering for her and and no problem I struggled with this a little bit in uh, the heat check that God, it better be out by the time this thing is out here. So hopefully you all have <laughs> watched it. Uh, and and she's in it, and it, because it, it it's almost the same arguments act that we were mental gymnastics that we were going through with covering racing this year. Where should there be racing? Yes or no? One question. Even if we don't think there should be racing should we be covering it? Another question, you know, and that's the, you sort of got to play that. So my solution for how I was covering Denise Betsema, who by results only deserves to be there, you know, put everything else aside. I'm not saying I support her, put everything else aside by her results. If you're looking at the maths and the sciences, which the heat check does, she's on there. My solution was, and I think we all talked about this. So, you know, you guys had some input into this and how, how to handle it is that I just, I basically said, you know, what number she was and her name, and then went straight to the next number and then just kept going and didn't had no spiel, just like, here it is, here's that. And then we're moving on. And I'm comfortable with that. I didn't say anything bad about her, but I'm not going to go out of my way to say anything good. Yeah. 
you know, honestly, when I saw her at the, the first cross race, I was, I was kind of surprised I'd forgotten about her. Um, I just kind of thought that she was just going to go away. Um, but she's not. Um, well, we knew that last there. season because she came back and then was like gangbusters. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so I'm actually, that's the one thing I thought about watching Heat and was just thinking about where is she finishing now? You know, what are her results? Um, are they not as good as before? Was she better, you know, when she was accidentally ta- taking tainted substances? Possibly. Um, so, yeah. I mean, you know, we'll see. She Last year, she got the benefit of not racing for the first three-quarters of the season, and she came in f- fresh and uh, did, did well, won a race. Uh, let's see what happens now when she has to race the entire season uh, up against Alvarado and Worst and the rest of the hitters. Yeah, I mean, her, her WAP is 100% so far. I mean, she's been on the wide-angle podium, and, you know, I think that she was clearly... Uh, we do, although we don't know, because, you know, Van Alpha yard sailed trying to hop the barriers which i don't know young and young youthful exuberance on a kind of a muddy day maybe i don't know i mean for any athlete right like sometimes it's not the best choice um but i mean she still finished fifth she was in the mix with those top five who were clearly head and shoulders above the rest of this field uh so i think i don't know i'm I'm curious because i don't think we're going to be able to wish her into irrelevance i think that she's going to be consistently be in the top five if not getting on podiums and winning races and I don't think very many of us in the, I will call the angle sphere. I don't think anyone's cheering for her and you know, her story isn't great anymore. Like we're not caught up in her story, but it's just kind of like this reality that we're going to have to live with. Yep. I I think that's right. All right. To end up uh, one last thing, some prognosticating from you all for the, for the women. And then we'll move on to that uh, barn burner of a men's race Um, or, first nine minutes right was, was that, that i think the barn it was like nine part? yeah the best nine minutes of your weekend <laughs> back to prime time michael i'm putting you uh, you're, you're you're getting on paper right now does she repeat as world champ yes yeah no All no right. doubt about it unless i'm barring some crazy injury or something something fluke something out of her control yeah she's gonna win again Zach, that that was the one I just grooved down the middle for him. Yeah, no, uh, no, no, I'm no, gonna not, say no, no, no. You don't get to answer. You can answer afterward. That's not your question. <laughs> That's what I was saying. He got the easy one. Your question: Does she pull a Vanderpool? Does she sweep the season? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, that's just as easy. <laughs> All right, let's talk worlds. Worlds? Wait, do you think she's going to win Worlds? Oh, do I? So my my scorching hot take, I'm going to go there. I'm going to say no because I don't think Worlds is going to happen. Nice. Mm. Okay. Good. Okay. All right. It's a good call. That's, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, gosh, it feels like you're probably right, Zach. <laughs> Sorry. Yep. I mean, I desperately, I mean, I love this. I'm so excited. <laughs> like, you know, the media pit is back. We're doing this. And I, it, there's just a lot of warning signs. And uh, to our credit, our friend, Wow, I love Wout. And uh, Bill, to your point, the most American Belgian, he's like, yeah, I'll be targeting the December races if they even happen. You know, you got to love Wout. Like, just so American, you know. <laughs> let's, uh, let's move over to the men. Uh, sauces and lions, oh my. Uh, where, what, 
<laughs> Zach, just going to be brutally honest here. I think Michael and I both watched the women's race. We, you, you took the, you took the hard assignment here. You watched the men's race, so we didn't have to. Oh, excellent! Yeah, so I mean, uh, coming into this race, it was one-one uh, tone v Ellie. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I kind of blame Ellie in this case. So basically what happened is Tone and Ellie got off the front and Ellie just totally ate it on a, it was kind of like a grassy corner. I don't even think of maybe it was kind of a gnarly corner, but he just kind of whoop went down. Tone had like a 20 second gap and uh, the race was over. He finished second. He came back. I mean, Lauren's our boy couldn't hold on to that second position, but I think we're seeing a pecking order and I'm really kind of curious with uh, Tone is clearly healthy He's on good form. He's racing well. I'm excited. I mean, I, you know, he, he had to grit out a season last year and uh, good for him. You know, I think that we'll see where he stacks up when the big hitters, the Wout, Matthew, Tom Pickock trio comes back to race cross. But I think he is the, uh, I don't know. He's making a case for being, what is the, the lion, the king of the jungle? Top line. The mighty jungle. What are they uh, the the other big story in men's cyclocross this year, of course, is the next one. Uh, uh, we got to check in on our Tebow Tebow time. What what went down? Tebow went down. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Taken out by uh, I I believe it's a teammate. Yentl. Uh, Yentl. Yeah. Yentl. Yentl came Backert. Over. Yeah, it came sort of one got a little sideways on the on the planks and uh, T boned T bow. So what happened? Because he, he like he didn't finish at all. Like, did he break his bike? Did he hurt himself? I don't think he hurt himself. Not really sure why he what happened there, but yeah, he DNF'd that race. The other other riders, I think, worth watching. Uh, Michael Van Torenout is one who is curious. It seems like he's got a little slow start, but he's also a guy who. I thought was going to be much more of a factor. I still think he's 23 years old. He's actually 27 years old, and he may be he may be getting into that into that mid topper zone. You know, there was a time there that I thought that he would be because he was always the guy who was setting the pace. He was out front. He was the rabbit. He was going to be you know a couple seconds ahead on the early laps in a lot of these races. But now, not so much. So now the guy I. I Really curious to see how he does is the most American sounding name of a Dutch Brian Camp, who at 20 years old may may be carrying the flag for the young guns right now. Yeah, I was thinking that I that his, he seemed to be more uh, up there. I was thinking the same thing. Um, Ryan Van de Camp, love his beans. Um, so somebody we haven't seen in a while is Dan Soda seventh. Yeah. Don making a is, comeback is yeah. Is that where we, I, I feel like that's, that's good. That's a good sign. Yeah. I think that he, he okay. may have raced one of the polder cross wrapping cross, uh, starter races, but I think this is probably his first big race back. And then our old friend, uh, uh, uh Vinny still hanging in there in the top tens. Just grinding. Vinny is just grinding. Yeah, he's the oldest man in the group. Yeah. All right. I'm just flailing here. Anything else we need to say about this race? 
I'll go one more. I mean, one rider who had a good start to the race was Quentin Ermans, and he certainly showed some... I am just kind of disappointed in kind of his career trajectory over the last couple of years. Really seemed like he was a rider who had the chance, you know, when he was on the Lions to be a top Lion, and I, I'm not seeing it. <laughs> I don't know. I just... He, he, had, he hasn't had the results, and... I like him. He's really fun. Like he's actually speaking. He's very personable. He's really, you, you love talking to him and you're like, I'm rooting for you. And I don't know. Cause he had some nice, like us world cup results, at least some nice results a few years ago. I just not, not seeing it from him. I don't, I don't, maybe it's a focus on the road. I don't know, but well, he, he DNF too. Huh? What happened? Do you know? No, I don't. But I mean, oh. just, I would say in general, big picture, the last couple of years, he just hasn't been, I mean, he's been a mid topper, like he's, you know, mid sub topper or whatever. Um, I don't know. What do you, I mean, what do you guys think about Cornet fourth? That seems like that's kind of like the Cornet zone is the, the podium scrub zone as we call it. Well, he's, he's like, he's, or he's knocking I, at I that door. That we could just call that the Dutch corner. <laughs> <laughs> We got uh, Cornell, Lars, and Ryan all all going on a Dutch team group ride there from uh, fourth to sixth. All right. I'm with you, so, Bill. I was looking up. I didn't remember. Ryan Camp won U23 Worlds last year. I think he he is our interloper hope. Ryan Camp, a nation of Cyclocrass fans, turns their lonely eyes to you. Until Matthew comes back. Well, even though, even after he comes back, like a second, we got to, yeah, you know, yeah. for second Dutch, exactly. like another we need a backup. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. But fair. All right. Fair. So, yes. Wait. So while we're on the men's race, I want to just quickly get into tone. Um, after all these sort of the, the big beef this weekend, tone put out on Twitter that he wondered how many he, uh, his question was like, how many times did I fin- fit on the podium with these two guys? Um, and he 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 tagged Cyclocross twenty four. He's like, I bet they can help me out. But then he he posted under that he actually took pen to paper and dug into the stats and 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 got the numbers. And I just thought that was amazing. That that's something that, that we love to do. Um, we love to talk about this kind of stuff. And I seeing that makes me you know that that puts one in the box, the fan box for Tone for me. Yeah. Open open invitation for the media pit to Tone Eric's. Anytime you want to come on <laughs> and, and nerd out over stats, where you're where you. We're your boys. I love it. Um, I so one rider that we saw that you had mentioned um, that we saw did the e bike race and started from the back of the mountain bike race was our friend, recent media pit interloper Megaly Rochette. She also, I mean, she also pulled a prime time. She went to Switzerland from Austria to Switzerland and she did a race on uh, Sunday and she won. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, got the big Euro win. Uh, in I don't know where was it's, it uh, Steinmauer or Rad K Steinmauer yeah but yeah no it was great showed up good field and uh, took the C two win you know nice to sort of sort of like you know business as usual for for uh, fast starts to a season for uh, Rochette yeah and I mean I think it's awesome that to see that she you know d- did mountain bike worlds it was cool to see her like there was a good group of the canadians were all close to each other a uh, friend of the pod jen jackson i think finished 28th and she was really close to emily batty uh, and who's the other one Haley smith i think is the other canadian elite rider so yeah I, i'm really excited to see that she's kind of sticking around there and giving it a, a go because maybe that's the play because we don't know how long the cyclocross season is going to go so 
might as well jump in and start racing over in Europe. All right. We're at 55 minutes. I say we call it. I agree. Well, I think we covered all the news that covered the beef. We covered Eaton. All the news that's covered- fit to spit. Thank you. I was going to thank you. Beautiful. You can go out on that. Excellent. See y'all. See y'all next week. Searching for the stories outside of cycling, but still inside cycling? The Gravelot is a weekly interview series where we talk about our shared experiences in the cycling community and talk with people that we think you guys might be interested in. Absolutely. And the Gravelot is actually not always about gravel, but it is the place that is your local trailhead. It could be the meetup parking lot where you meet your friends. Or the post-ride watering hole. It's really the place where you sit down, share your stories, and talk about life. Yeah, and dive into the things that really matter to you on two wheels or beyond. The Gravelot has brand new episodes every single Thursday morning, along with a bi-weekly editorial column every other Tuesday. So check out the show, check out the beeline, and join the conversation and find out all you need to know about The Gravelot at thegravelot.com.